I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier. We're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass, busted draft pick, and game-changing play. Or play call. Intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Sorry, Marshawn, still too soon. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow and listen to Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. I mean, the possibilities are limitless, Kevin. What if Portland drafted Michael Jordan? What if the NBA never vetoed the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers? That's a butterfly effect for real. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Rodgers in trouble. Does he have a vintage moment in him? In the end zone, it is caught for the win. Pressure, pass is picked off, and who is it? Big B.J. Raji for the touchdown. Welcome back to another episode of the Packs What She Said podcast. We are rolling into yet another week undefeated in Green Bay. The Packers are 3-0, and and I think, again, most importantly, 3-0 and in the NFC, and the win over the Saints might have playoff implications later on, which makes it another really fun episode for us to talk about. The Packers play the Falcons on Monday Night Football, but before we kind of get into our weekly routine and preview, There are, unfortunately, some injuries that we need to talk about. Um, If you haven't heard yet, Alan Lazard suffered a core injury Sunday night against the Saints. He has gotten surgery, and he will be out at least a month. So with Devontae Adams questionable, Alan Lazard out for at least a month. Kind of wondering what that wide receiver core is going to look like on Monday night. So, Perry, what were your thoughts? I know you're on vacation, finding out after a lovely day that Alan Lazard now is not available for the Packers on Monday. It's definitely disappointing, especially after he's coming off of a career game um, in yards, touchdowns, everything. Um, I think, you know... Anytime a team loses their wide receiver one and two, you know, you're, you're, you're getting into some depth issues, um, especially with a guy like Lazard, who not just is, you know, trusted by Aaron Rodgers, but is huge in the blocking game. Um, being able to replace a guy who does what he does in that respect, I think is going to be more difficult per se than finding someone who can catch passes. Um, it's kind of why I'm hoping Josiah DeGuerra can go on Monday night um, because I think him and really just Jay Sternberger are the ones that can take on those, those blocks. So I'm sad for him. He's, he's got the high, high and now he's had a low, low, but I hope that he has a, a speedy recovery and, we get him back. Luckily, we have the bye week in between, so everyone can kind of rest up after the Falcons game, and I think it's going to be much needed. 
Yeah, I agree. And I'm not sure if Devontae will come back. He mentioned, of course, that he wasn't going to play until he felt 100% comfortable doing that um, and that he was healed. But he was a limited participant, and Kenny Clark is also a limited participant. Um, And if you look at the Falcons roster, it's probably more up in the air right now than even the Packers. And, you know, we're thinking the Packers are pretty banged up, but some really key players for the Falcons on offense and defense right now did not practice as of Thursday. So I guess with that, let's just dive into some players to watch on offense. And then I'm sure we'll get into the defense in a little bit. So Perry, who is your person to watch for the Packers on offense this week? Um, this week it's going to be, um, Jay Sternberger for me. I I think I chose him last week also, but, um, I say that because he had his best game yet as a Packer or as an NFL player, really last week against the saints, he had some really key fourth quarter catches. And I think hopefully now, you know, the confidence is coming back. Um, he's shown Rogers that, you know, he can catch and it's, it, those, those few drops he had were just a fluke. Um, and I think now that we've lost potentially two of our wide receivers, you know, we're going to need Jace to step up in that regard. I think that's why he was drafted is to, is to be that sort of big move tight end who can attack the middle of the field. Um, and I think that's going to be the way that we, um, defeat this Falcons team, you know, their defense is bad. Um, by, by all accounts, uh, as we have witnessed with our eyes, I don't think you need to be any kind of smart football mind to see that the Falcons defense can not stop an offense like the Packers. So we're going to have to get creative and utilize Aaron Jones and guys like Jay Sternberger with Devonte Adams potentially and Alan Lazard out. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Darren Jones. He seems kind of like the obvious player on offense, but he's mine for this week. I thought about uh, MVS as another option, but I think that this is really going to come down to Aaron Rodgers or Aaron Jones kind of serving a bigger role on offense this week. You know, we've seen what he can do as a running back, obviously, and we've seen limited glimpses of him in the passing game so far this season. Uh, But the Falcons right now are giving up the most points in the league as far as, you know, what they're allowing um, on defense. And then with Aaron Jones, he's averaging 6.1 yards per carry. So while the Falcons defense is better against the run than the pass right now, I think that that passing game is going to be key. And without, you know, some steady wide receiver play, I think the tight ends and the running backs are going to play a really vital role in this matchup. So then who would be one of your players to watch on the offensive side of the ball for Atlanta? Because, you know, we talked about this pre-show. That's a pretty banged up roster. And so far, all three of their starting wide receivers are questionable to play on Monday night. I mean, my answer was going to be Calvin Ridley. But if he's (laughs) not going, then I mean... I guess the next step is Todd Gurley. I think there's a lot of talk around the league about how he's not the same player anymore. And, you know, this is kind of like his chance to, you know, revamp his career per se in Atlanta. And um, he hasn't, again, looked like the player that he was at the peak of his career this season. But again, we know what the Packers defense um, struggles against and it's running backs, period. Um, Todd's a, a big guy, kind of hard to take down. So um, I think if we can stifle the run game with Todd Gurley um, and not have to go up against even two of the three Falcons wide receivers, we can pretty much handle this offense. Yeah. I'm going to flip it a little bit and say Matt Ryan, just because 
last week was kind of the week that we saw Todd Gurley put it together and then Matt Ryan couldn't get rolling. So this offense has so much star power, so many first rounders, so much potential if they can put everything together, but it always seems like there's something happening where one player is clicking and another isn't. So the Packers secondary has been eh to start the season, which is kind of surprising. Like you have, you know, Jair who's played lights out. Kevin King has played well, but the safety play has not been good. And if Calvin really plays or if he doesn't, there's a lot of speed on this Falcons team. So I think to me, if Matt Ryan can find his guys, that's going to be key. And if his starting three wide receivers are out, you know, kind of how he spreads the ball around and how he manages that with Hayden Hurst or Todd Gurley or Brian Hill, and just kind of seeing what that offense looks like funneling through Matt Ryan. And I'm glad that you said Todd Gurley, because if you didn't, I was going to. So how about then a Packers player for you to watch on defense this week? Ooh, um, I am definitely keeping my eye. This is a little bit of a cop out. It's not one singular person, but I'm really keeping my eye out for the safeties. I, they haven't played like they did last season. Um, you know, Savage is missing tackles left and right. Um, Amos isn't as, you know, stout there as, as he was last season. And it's a little worrisome. Um, and I can't tell if it's just the two of them aren't in their rhythm yet, or if it's something schematic that Petten is doing, although I don't think Petten's playing any different than he has previously, um, in terms of, you know, dime pack, dime and nickel packages. So, um, like I said, a little bit of a cop out, but I'm definitely going to keep be keeping my eye on those two players, especially with a an offense where we likely are not going to have to go up against you know pretty big wide receivers. It's going to be huge if Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley don't play, and so if those two don't play well again, then it's clearly you know more of an issue on the personnel standpoint than, than who they're going up against. And so I hope that this is a little bit of a get right get game for them go into the bye week feeling like they are on the up, um, you know, get some reps in, get some rest and, and go into what's going to be a little bit of a difficult stretch post bye week. Um, so looking at the safeties. Yeah. My guy is going to be Ty Summers and I just think that what he did, or I guess was able to do against the Saints, was so impressive. You know, he came in for Christian Kirksey, who has not practiced. It sounds like he'll be out at least a couple weeks. You know, Ty Summers not only came in, but he wore the communication helmet. He got the defense lined up. Um, In his presser, he was talking about how weird it was to, like, be an elementary school kid watching Drew Brees play and then line up across from him hearing Drew Brees talk about, like, Mike 44, Mike 44, like he's the guy to look out for. So... I can only imagine kind of what was going through his head. And he had said that he's kind of the hardest person on himself. He's his biggest critic, but he led the team in tackles. He brings such speed and athleticism. He had a 9.7 relative athletic score. So you know why Brian Gutekunst liked him. So just the fact that he was the guy wearing the helmet, he came in and kind of led the defense. I think, you know, he's going to be a player to watch now that he's likely starting the game and he'll be that guy for every snap after playing actually like absolutely zero snaps in 2019 on defense and only playing special teams. So he's my guy. I'm excited to see what he can do. And I say this all the time. We've talked about this before, but the fact that he was a quarterback in high school will always fascinate me because now he's like kind of quarterbacking the defense. Yeah. I think it's interesting to me that like he switched over and now like maybe it helps him in being able to read what the quarterback is going to do because he's been on on the other end of it. But yeah, zero snaps to now wearing the helmet is definitely a jump that most players don't experience. 
Yeah. And I mean, I guess that's what they always talk about with like next man up. You have to be ready. It's like when John Runyon came in, like there's so many guys and this is why you draft for depth and not need because you know, the Packers brought in Christian Kirksey and really unfortunate. He was off to a nice start to his season, but he had an injury history. So while Ty Summers didn't beat him out in camp, knowing that he can come in and be serviceable while Christian is recovering. That says a lot about the way that Brian Gutekunst just kind of structured his roster. So flipping now to the Falcons defense, is there anybody that you're particularly keeping an eye on? Because again, two of their best players on defense have not practiced as of yet. This is, you know, Friday morning now, and we haven't seen anything from them. So a lot of question marks. Yeah. um, Well, my player was, I, I was keeping an eye out on Grady Jarrett. Um, but I think it's, it's gotta be Dante Fowler. Um, you know, he's coming off a career year in LA, um, with 11 and a half sacks now is with the Falcons. Hasn't done a ton. Um, I would say, you know, he only has a sack on the year, you know, one tackle for a loss two QB hits, nothing near what he had last season. But again, it's early and clearly the Falcons defense is struggling, but again, he's a player that actually, you know, what he can be, you know, where his sort of ceiling is, if you will. And that can be someone who can really wreck a game. Um, and so, you know, if with Grady Jarrett out, I think it definitely gives the Packers a little bit of an advantage in that, you know, the offensive line only has Dante Fowler to look out for versus both of them. But um, I would definitely say that, that you know, we want to keep Aaron Rodgers upright as much as possible in this game. And so, you know, taking care of a guy like Dante Fowler is going to be a little bit of a key. Yeah. And I mean, it's tricky. They have so many defensive players that are out. Uh, McKinley's also questionable, was not practicing to start the the week. And those two players led the team in sacks and quarterback hits. So between Jarek and McKinley being questionable, at least not participating yet in practice, that pass rush, like you said, kind of comes down to Fowler at this point. So he was also going to be my guy. I'll take him with you and we can talk about him a little bit more just because, you know, I think, you know, Aaron Rodgers has kept his Jersey so clean the last couple of weeks. He's only had two sacks on the entire season. And I think that's been really important kind of for the success of the offense long-term. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't know. I mean, Dante Fowler, I think is a guy that gets lost a little bit or got lost, I should say on the Rams line because they have a guy like Aaron Donald, but you know, when you have two pretty dominant guys, it it's like we say with both the Smiths, you know, they, they help each other get home. Um, and so, uh, like I said, I think the loss of a guy like Grady Jarrett or McKinley, um, puts too much on a guy like Dante Fowler, who's going to need to like carry the load a little bit when it comes to the rush. And again, that's just, um, a positive for, for the Packers O-line. I'm with you. And I think I know maybe who your X factor is going to be for the Packers, but let's see if I'm right. So Perry, who's your X factor this week going into the game on Monday night? I feel like I choose him so often, but my X factor is a hundred percent Jamal Williams. We have seen him work his ass off. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that on the show, but work his ass off in the off season, really working on his route running ability, his pass catching ability. And we've even seen him run a few routes in games and just, he's the last look by Aaron Rodgers, And so he just doesn't get the ball. And I think that in a game where we potentially don't have our starting wide receivers, we're going to need a guy like Jamal Williams to kind of step up. And if he can turn into a little bit of that hybrid running back wide receiver role, not only will that help our offense keep rolling, but will be a surprise for the Falcons because no one's seen Jamal Williams do that in games. There's no tape on that. 
And so it just gives us a little bit of that edge. And again, like the Packers have really found ways to win in each game that's different from the last. And so maybe that's what they need this game, you know, to to make up for our loss in in wide receivers. Um, we can get Jamal Williams in there. And I mean, we've seen him in last season, especially like he catches touchdowns. He, he can, he can really do it all. Um, and so I want to see Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams on the field at the same time, a lot more, whether it's lined up out wide or in the backfield in pass pro, you know, we're just, we're going to need both of them. Yeah. I may be taking this a little bit non-traditional, but, uh, I'm going to go with John Lovett. And the reason I say that is because Josiah DeGora still isn't practicing. And we've seen Lovett on the active roster elevated kind of each week to serve that hybrid role. And Aaron Rodgers in his presser earlier in the week had said that one of his favorite plays from uh, Monday Night Football with the Chiefs and the Fel- or the Chiefs and the Ravens was the Pat Mahomes kind of shovel pass to the fullback for a touchdown. So he had joked about it being a copycat league, and maybe that's something that another team will try to emulate. And knowing the way that Green Bay has an affinity for the fullbacks, knowing Josiah DeGuara isn't practicing, and that, you know, the tight end room, whatever, you know, John Lovett is listed at, running back, tight end, I know he kind of does it all. That room is going to have to step up. And Lovett just kind of makes sense to me as another player who might have like a, a weirdly good game because, you know, like you said, and Aaron Rodgers shares your point, each week it's somebody different. Week one, it was Devontae. Week two, it was Aaron Jones. Week three, you could argue it was Alan Lazard and Robert Tanyan. So fully possible that it's Jamal Williams and John Lovett running the show in week four against Atlanta. Let's go. <laughs> All right. So then who is your X factor for the Falcons? um I think the only player really that I think will or can make an impact if let's say all of the players that are not practicing do not play is Hayden Hurst um I'm a huge fan of Hayden Hurst just from like also a personal standpoint I think he is a leader a man that you want to rally around you want to root for um, I love, actually, I wanted the Packers to, to acquire him this off season. Um, obviously we didn't need a tight end really, but he's just has the opportunity now to be that tight end one in the Falcons, um, offense. He didn't really have that opportunity with the Ravens. Obviously he was a little farther down on the depth chart. Um, but with the loss of wide receivers, you know, of course you're going to look to a guy like Hayden Hurst to be that pass catching tight end, just like we will potentially to our tight ends. Um, and we don't know, or I should say we, the Packers defense has a little bit struggled in taking down guys, you know, big tight ends in the middle of the field. Um, especially with the way, like you said, that our safeties and our secondary is playing a little bit iffy. Um, our inside linebackers are, you know, for better or for worse, new um, to starting. And so I think if I was the Falcons, I would lean on Hayden Hurst to attack the weak spots of the Packers defense. Yeah, I'm going to talk about somebody that you already touched on a little bit, but to me, I think it's Todd Gurley. And I think it's because, well, you know, depending on what is going on with the banged up wide receiving core, Todd Gurley could theoretically be in for a big day, whether it's on the ground or in the passing game. And he doesn't have a ton of targets this season so far as a pass catching back, but we know it's something that he's fully, fully capable of doing in the Matt Ryan um, offense. So to me, he's the guy that will kind of be the catalyst for whether or not 
they can move the chains and keep the clock winding down. And, you know, the Falcons have been up multiple scores in a couple games this season and then blown those big leads. So if they're able to get a lead on Green Bay and then use Todd Gurley to run the ball effectively, we've seen what the Packers run defense looks like. So I don't think that, you know, if he can get things going, that would be something that the Packers would, you know, really want to deal with, especially as they wait for Kenny Clark, who potentially could come back. But I think that's going to be a good segue into key matchups. So Perry, who would be your key matchup this week? Packers versus Falcons. Hmm. Um, you kind of said it already, but I think that, you know, this is the get right game for our run defense. And so our defensive line against Todd Gurley is really what I'm looking at. I mean, Kings Kiki had a great game against the Saints, but again, that was more in like a pass rush perspective, getting to the quarterback. And again, if we get to Matt Ryan this, this week, then great. You know, Matt Ryan is a huge passing quarterback. He has, I think he's already top five in passing yards on the year in terms of QBs. So I think getting to him, I'm switching it now. Well, um, <laughs> but getting to him is, is going to be key. Uh, he is a, he is a guy that, um, you know, is, is used to getting sacked. I, I don't think the Falcons have the best offensive line. Um, so here I am switching from my original answer, which is probably our pass rush versus Matt Ryan. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm going to switch kind of back, I think, and it'll be run defense just because, you know, whether or not Kenny Clark comes back, we saw Kingsley Kiki have a really impressive game. It was a career game on Sunday night, two first career sacks. He had a pass defense. He had a forced fumble, even though the Falcons were able to recover that he was kind of all over the field and all over the backfield. And even on like screens and things, when he dropped a little bit, he was able to get to the ball quickly and make a play. So to me, I think kind of containing Todd Gurley, which I guess kind of goes into the pass rush, but if, if the Packers defense is able to keep the ball in front of them, which they were not able to do against Alvin Kamara, I think that'll be one of the big keys to success on Monday night, because we know that Todd Gurley has big play potential, even though we maybe haven't seen it as much yet with Atlanta, Mm -hmm. it's been there and he's going to be able to do that. And honestly, the, the Packers run defense could be kind of the challenge that he needs to get things rolling again. So then the challenge for the Packers is to not let that happen. Yeah. Do you think, I'm and I'm I'm wondering this out loud. You know what do, do what do we think the chances of Kenny Clark playing is because he's been a limited participant, but we know groin injuries can linger. He's too important to put in there too early. Is this a game where we even need him? I think that he sits one more week, and I think that I think if anyone is more likely to play, to me, it's Devontae Adams, and that's because he was kind of back in a limited capacity, and you know he said he's not going to play unless he's 100%, but also knowing the player that Devontae is and that he called himself 70% for most of last season with the turf toe, I think he'll try and come back, especially now knowing that the Packers don't have Alan Lazard, and I don't necessarily think it's a game that the Packers need either of them to play, but... I think at, at this point, you know, if you can go into your yeah. buy 4-0, those players are going to take that that opportunity just because it's so important. And you're, you're really kind of separating yourself from the rest of the NFC if you're able to do that. 
Yeah, and Matt LaFleur said, like, the bye is not going to influence, like, whether he plays yep. these players or not, which I think is fair. You know, he that completely aligns with his typical mindset of we're going 1-0 each week and not thinking ahead. And I know that a lot of people have said, like, oh, this could be a trap game because we're thinking ahead to the bye and we're potentially thinking ahead to Tampa Bay. But I don't foresee that being the case at all. I, I think that at least from what I've heard from Matt LaFleur, he seems to have really worked hard to change that kind of mindset in the locker room and really keep everybody focused on the week ahead. And to me, honestly, I, and I agree with you. I think if there's a player that's going to play, it's probably likely going to be Devontae Adams. Um, like you said, knowing who he is and also that his injury may be not as severe as Kenny's. I, I think though that, you know, watching the Packers beat the saints without both of those players, I do realistically see a world where neither of them play and we still have a very good shot of winning this game, even without Alan Lazard. You know, we have, we didn't even really touch on MVS, but like MVS is still, you know, a wide receiver that warranted double teams last week with the saints. You know, they, the respect is growing there for, for that, that wide receiver. So we have MVS, we have both of our running backs. We have AJ Dillon who we haven't even really used yet. Um, I know Matt LaFleur said he, you know, he really wants to get AJ Dillon in the rotation better than he has um, in previous weeks. We have two tight ends that kind of broke out last game. So there definitely is a world where neither of our kind of star players, if you will, on both sides play. And we still are very much, I think favored to win this game. Yeah, I'm with you. And before we get to score predictions, we will just touch on uh, fantasy predictions quickly. And you already mentioned my guy. I think it's got to be MVS. And you know, I have Devontae Adams in one of my leagues, and I picked up MVS on waivers this week because I, you know, if, if Devontae doesn't go on Monday night, MVS is likely your wide receiver one. And we saw what happened when he was wide receiver one on Sunday night against the saints. And he didn't really have a ton of production, but it's because he said he was getting the one seven treatment. So I think, you know, kind of all things considered, I don't know if I would go out and get like a Darius Shepard, even though Rogers and Devante both had really complimentary things to say about him. But I think if you're looking for who's going to be targeted the most, it'll be MBS. And all it's going to take is him breaking free on, you know, one route or one offsides that Aaron Rodgers can capitalize on. And he's going to get you a significant amount of points. You are correct. I was, I mean, I was thinking the same thing. And I think regardless of if MBS, I mean, I guess this doesn't work for fantasy, but more for a Packers, you know, offensive perspective is, you know, if MVS is still getting like, we've heard him say the one seven treatment that just mean that just leaves, you know, another guy open for the Packers to hit if he's getting two defenders or three defenders after him. So regardless of if MVS is, you know, catching 75 yard bombs, or if he's pulling defenders away in his direction, it's going to leave somebody open for Rogers to hit. Um, whether that's, a tight end or Aaron Jones or Jamal Williams. It, it works for me. So then before we wrap things up, we need to do some final score predictions and we've been like semi close, but I'm curious what your thoughts are. Obviously the Packers are putting up an exceptional amount of points each week. First team in NFL history to have over 35 points each game and no turnovers to start the season. Falcons are giving up the most points in the NFL. Is it another high-scoring affair? You had tweeted boldly that you thought this could be a 50-burger for the Packers, not even a 40-burger. So excited to hear what your thought is going into Monday night. No, I genuinely think that the Packers are going to put up 45-plus points. Like, I think this is going to be... 
45, 28, honestly, because, or maybe even lower for the Falcons, but there nothing about this Falcons defense has shown me that they can stop the Packers offense at all. And again, I don't care who's out there on the field, but like some of the losses, the fourth quarter comeback that teams have had against the Falcons this season is just, I mean, what happens when the Packers jump out to a lead and then just take the game away? I I see nothing in that, you know, they would be able to stop them. Like you mentioned, you know, they're 32nd in points allowed in, I think it's 36 points um, per per game that they're averaging. So that's already what the Packers are scoring against good defenses. So what are they going to do against the Falcons is I'm going 45, 28. And I say 28 because I think there will be some garbage time points by the Falcons. Yeah, I'm going to say I'm going to keep it a little closer. I think that the Packers are going to keep their streak alive of 35 points, no turnovers. So I'm going to say 35-24. I think that this Packers defense is a little banged up. They'll probably give away some yardage in the run game. Um, Without Devontae Adams, I think the Packers can still put up a significant amount of points. Um, but I think that it's possible we'll see some drops from guys that aren't as accustomed to being in the offense. Excited to see what a guy like Malik Taylor can do. I'm assuming, you know, he's wide receiver two or three going into this game. So he should definitely be on the field. I do think the Packers will still put up a significant amount of points. Um, I don't know if I would say 50 points. (laughs) I hope, I really hope that that does happen, but yeah. I didn't say 50. I said 45. But on Twitter you said 50. So I'm just... I was being a little <laughs> facetious. But. Uh, you don't have to be. <laughs> well, Perry, I think that that does it for this show. Um, if the lovely people listening want to follow you on social media, how can they do that? Um, you can follow me at Perry underscore Goldstein. You can find everything that I do there. I pretty much do something Packers related every single day of my life at this point between Packs with She Said and Pack a Day and Game on Wisconsin. And now I'm doing um, twice a week Packer Report TV. So um, just follow me on Twitter and you'll see it all. <laughs> yeah, I like that. You can find me on Twitter at Maggie J. Loney. I write two articles a week for She Said B. I am on Monday nights uh, on Game on Wisconsin with Perry Goldstein. So come hang out with us Monday night. Um, We'll be your game preview this week, which is fun. You can hear us talk even more about the Packers and Falcons. And then I'm also with the Pack-A-Day podcast. So thank you, as always, for listening. We love talking about the Packers, and we also love talking about the Packers when they're winning. So consistently, here's to Monday night. Go Pack Go! Go Pack Go! Packers are-